Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Coming up in 20 minutes, Jonathan Isaac joins us in studios. We welcome you, just like that, to the second hour. Just like that. Hot we with rolling roll. today, Hutton. Rolls rolling. on. Uh, two hours till the weekend, Chad. Two hours until 6 o'clock Eastern. Our goal to get you there as fast as possible. Each and every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern. Oh, live from our 6th and Peabody studios with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. The chat is fired up as well, I'm sure. You can find that on YouTube. Just search out Outkick, subscribe while you're there. Chat is in there chatting away currently right now. Uh, we've got Jonathan Isaac Plus uh, later in today's show, Gun Show. Mike Gunzelman will be in studio with us. That's about an hour and 20 minutes from right now. Uh, in a moment, we'll get to Saquon Barkley and RG3. RG3 trying to make the case. I, I think he does it about 50% and where I can buy in. The other 50 is, is overlooked, and I'll explain why. But, Chad, there's a, another headline that's making waves everywhere from ESPN to OutKick had this last night, that a assistant uh, trainer for the Jacksonville Jaguars has come out and said he's gay. Why is this a headline today? I, I don't know. And I, honestly, I'm starting to see this in a very different way than I, I've read or heard anyone talk about it. To me, it's becoming more and more homophobic to make this a thing and a story. Every time? Than it is a everything else. Or whatever. Yeah, because I, I would say that the gay community, trans community, whatever community you want to talk about, what, what we've heard and read for years is their fight is for equality and to be seen as equal, right? And to not be demeaned or treated any different way in America because of their sexual preference, okay? This is not equality. Hyping a story and putting it on the front page of any media site or newspaper or anything else because of who someone decides they want to sleep with and talking about that should not be a headline in 2023 United States of America. The response to this coach coming out as gay should be mute. Why? Because he should be treated like a human. He should be treated like an assistant strength coach, just like any other assistant strength coach in the NFL. If we've really made progress to this, and we really want to be a progressive society that accepts things, then you treat people with the equality they fought for forever and don't make it something special. This goes back to my complaint about seeing something and glorifying it as opposed to just ignoring it or not, not glorifying it, right? The Texas Rangers decided not to have a pride night. Well, that's not the Texas Rangers saying, I hate gay people. Don't come to our Texas Rangers game if you're gay. Don't even bother buying a ticket. They're not saying that. They're just saying we as an organization are choosing not to celebrate this one thing. But we want everyone to come to our games, just like everyone who owns a sports team wants to sell as many tickets as possible. 
And every NFL team wants to win games. They should be employing the best people possible, whether that be a gay assistant strength coach or a black head coach at some point or a Hispanic offensive coordinator. That's what we all want. All of us that have a brain and some level of compassion want that to happen. They want that true equality. These headlines are not true equality. It's getting to the point where it's almost – homophobic. Hutton, if you and I had a a guest in here, an African-American, and we pointed out the fact that, hey, as a black man and as a, as a black person, as how many times do we have to say that before it came across as racist? Well, so pointing to someone's sexual preference over and over and over again, at some point becomes homophobic. But you know, whenever it's positioned as, you know, groundbreaking or major announcement in the NFL, uh, it's viewed differently and, and it's just because of the importance put behind it. But again, if we rewound a year, uh, two years, we're discussing what's going on in Miami with the Dolphins. And then you have uh, fast forward to the questions that Todd Bowles is getting at Tampa Bay Buccaneers camp, where he's saying, like, I I'm, don't view myself as an African-American coach. I'm a football coach. Like, that should be the discussion. That goes back to your overriding point here. And yeah, I mean, I... Honestly, don't care one way or the other how people want to live their life if it doesn't affect mine. And quite honestly, Chad, see if you agree. Sports fans, as long as you're not – as long as their decision isn't affecting what's going on with your team, my team, by and large, people just don't care. Are you hurting the team? Don't want you a part of it. Totally agree. And, you know, it, it's – do you want to be equal or do you want to be special? Right. I, I think that people who have fought for whatever rights for years and years, and I'm not talking about just on based on sexual preference, but could be based on race, could be based on creed, you know, religion, political affiliation, whatever it may be, that fight has always been about, we just want it to be equal. We don't want to be singled out as something worse than someone else or less than someone else. We just want to be treated as equal. And if you're in a professional setting, you want to be treated as professionals. Judge me on the merit of my talent and how good I am in my work ethic and if I'm good at what I'm doing and not don't demean me or discriminate against me because of sex or sexual preference or race or whatever it may be. But now we've reached this point in society where it's, it's weird that it's okay, it's okay to elevate someone because of sexual preference. And I don't buy that. I don't play that. I don't play that game either yeah so my reaction to this headline shouldn't be a headline anywhere should not be a top story anywhere i do not care what the assistant strength coach of the jacksonville jaguars who he prefers to sleep with yeah i don't i'll never what he care does about in his free time it. and no one else should either and you know what that is true progress that's a quality because i don't care what straight people think and who they prefer to sleep with either now, that's where we're getting Unless to somewhere, somewhere that's, thing, that's your, your a team. place of equality. Chad, it was 2014 when Michael Sam was drafted, to what you're saying. Yeah. And here we are, and we see the headlines all over the place. Uh, for, I mean, and, and he would admit this too, an assistant strength coach that no one had ever heard of, right? That's a, a, the other factor here too. Is it impacting the team or not? By and large, that's what fans and and that's what – fans of the league or any league or fans of that individual team care about is an impact in the overall uh, product on the field and especially 
if you're a, a fan of a, a major fan, full investment in that one team, is it hurting or helping us? And in this case, it's not doing either because it's off the field and it's his own personal choo- choosing and choice of uh, way of life. Well, and also I, I would say this, if it was a situation where the person wasn't doing anything but showing up to work and doing a good job and, and going about their business and their sexual preference or them coming out or any of that um, affected the team in some way, then you should probably take a look at your team. <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? I mean, that's, that, that would be my response to that story is then, well, why, why is that uh, such a big issue if they're not – if they're not doing anything to be a distraction and they're just showing up and working, then you probably need to reevaluate the culture of your team at that point. But this is, I just, I don't think this is a story. Chad. This but again, I'm in the minority because it, no, I agree every, with you. every media company it's, treated this as a big story. Oh, a top headline. Yeah. yeah groundbreaking. Uh, Chad, RG3 is giving, and, and by and large, uh, whenever Robert Griffin III chimes in with, it, it, as a thought process I'm interested in. I don't believe he totally uh, prescribes to the, the idea of groupthink. But in this regard, he's trying to back up running backs across the NFL. He, in doing so, he's discussing going back to the negotiation table and, and discussing the CBA with, with owners as uh, the NFLPA to... to override everything that we're seeing right now with Saquon Barkley, who's threatening to sit out the season, or Josh Jacobs, who hasn't signed his franchise tag yet. There are others that are backing the running backs and what they're doing right now. RG3's doing the same, but in his attempts to make a case for Barkley and Jacobs in the running back market and showing leverage, I believe he misses a couple of obvious points as to why his method for change is a pipe dream. Here we go. Running backs have an opportunity in front of them to change the NFL forever. The only real solution to fix how running backs are treated when it's time to get paid is a solution for all players. Running backs have to lead the charge in pushing for a renegotiation of the CBA. With the key points being that all rookies have three-year contracts, regardless of their draft position, and eliminating the franchise tag and transition tag for all players. This solution wouldn't just benefit running backs, but it would benefit all players by getting them to to free agency faster. When you look at running backs specifically, they are being devalued not just because it's a passing league now and not just because you can find similar production from late round draft picks or undrafted running backs due to the supply and demand of quality backs out there. Special ones are being devalued because they spend the majority of their prime years on their rookie deal. You see, the average NFL career is three years long. But when it comes to running backs, that number goes down to two. And it can take some players up to six years long to reach free agency off of their rookie deal. So a running back with six years of poundage on them? Yeah. They're treated by NFL decision makers like Britney Spears was by Wimby with slap in the face contract offers. So it goes on for another minute and he does get to how other players have to come to the aid of the running back position. And he mentions in a, a, a tweet response to this, Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow and uh, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, uh, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert. There's a list of quarterbacks that he says need to take on the LeBron James role and more or less take over as execs for the NFLPA and go back to negotiations for a collective bargaining agreement. Though, here's the one area that I think he, he skips over that is crucial to know about all of this and why it's a pipe dream. 
Those negotiating the collective bargaining agreement, both the owners and the players, they do not care about two main areas and branches of the league tree. Before the most recent pay structure, the pay scale, rookies were coming into the league, they were holding out, and they're making more money than the veterans on the team that are going through two-a-days in training camp. There was a list of holdouts, especially first-rounders. They're not getting what they want. They're going to hold out. They come 23 days, 28-day holdout during camp, whatever it might be, and they get a massive signing bonus, a massive contract, and you're locked into it. So that changed. Now it's about the vets, not the rookies. Everything is slotted. And there are negotiations that took place back in 2011, uh, a, a revamped version that they're playing under now that was negotiated and signed up for. And it's why we point to the Players Association for the National Football League as being weak and the weakest of the major sports right now. Neither side of these negotiations care about rookie contracts. They don't. They're not taking into account college players that are about to come in and take over their jobs. In fact, they negotiated that out to get the veterans more money who were negotiating it in the first place. They also don't care about the agent's percentage, which is why agents now are coming into the league with high-profile players, and they're waiving the percentage that they would get, the 3%, 5%, whatever, on whatever pay structure is already just slotted because there's not a ton to negotiate at that point. The average length of an NFL career is small regardless of what position you're playing. But that's also why they're using these rules to their advantage. And why, why would the NFL and the owners come back to the drawing board on behalf of Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs, who can make $10.1 million guaranteed for signing a piece of paper whenever they so choose? That's what, it, it's more about the players who negotiate on, for the rights of the current players, they're not taking into account rookie contracts. And they certainly don't want the rookies coming in, not having proven a thing as a pro, making more than the vet who just signed an extension the previous offseason. Yeah, and issues around the rookie contract dictating a move back to the negotiating table for right. a whole new CBA. And also... Look, uh, there's no arguing uh, what some of these top-level running backs are saying. They are being devalued, and this is the cycle we're in right now in the NFL. But I'd also say that's a very small percentage of players playing in the NFL. And I think the percentage is actually higher of those that benefit from the current length of rookie contracts if you're a first-round pick. There are plenty of guys who don't work out that get a big benefit by patience. getting that guaranteed money or the patience of it, right? Yeah. But also the guaranteed money they get. We've seen that with running backs that have benefited from the You're length right. of a rookie deal Yes, that had no business making that money because they got the NFL and they weren't that good or they got hurt all the time. So just like it's not paying off for these select group of you know first-round pick or top-level first-round type guys at running back, um, doesn't mean that it hasn't benefited a lot of other people and while it's not fair for those select few guys, it still doesn't make it fair to completely blow up the system to try to change it for those select few guys. Well, but also consider what the argument that's being made is for these first-round guys, right? Um, or, or those that are just under the tag. You're right. That's a very small number that actually don't benefit from the structure because the backups, 
those trying to work their way up, they've been doing so. And it, the, the, the length of the career is still the same average. They've been doing so for far less than whatever money was signed for uh, with, with Saquon. I understand his argument. The problem is everything points to the, the way it's set up being not correct, but it works because there's production in a very specialized position now instead of just having the bell cow. Even the second or third most highest running back this year, I think second now, is Derrick Henry behind Christian McCaffrey. Derrick Henry is taken off the field on third downs. That's how specialized an NFL offense is for that position. Even when you're getting a ton of money, he's off the field on third down. While I want my best player on the field on third down, I would put him on there. That's the league saying... We need the better matchup on a passing down instead of the, the guy out of the backfield who has a hell of a stiff arm out of the backfield when he's catching screens. It's bizarre, I know. But they don't hold the leverage. The quarterbacks can get the money. I'm not sure any other position could. Coming up, Jonathan Isaac joins us in studio. We'll discuss a lot with the NBA forward. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us for Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. Chad, uh, NBA player's not hard to miss, right? No. Jonathan Isaac certainly qualifies. 6'11", uh, coming into Sixth and Peabody. Gets a lot of uh, glances like, oh, there's a pro athlete walking by. And uh, he sits down with us live in studio, Orlando Magic's forward. Jonathan, good to see you, man. Hope uh, everything's great in Nashville for you this this Friday. We're we're pumped. We're going into the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. I'm glad to be here, fellas. Thank you. Absolutely. I, is it odd? I find it odd, even to myself, as I think, oh, Jonathan Isaac's coming in. He's the player who stood for the anthem uh, more than just NBA player Jonathan Isaac. Do you get that as much as you do NBA questions? I really do. I really do. As this kind of whole journey has taken off. I'm surprised all the time that I, you know, through the airport, people know me for different things outside of just basketball. And I, I do like it because I do believe that I'm more than a basketball player. And so when I do get greetings and people say you're the one or for something else for the book, for, for all those things, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. And now you're launching a brand, the anti-woke brand, Unitas, which you're, you're sporting right now. Yeah. Uh, and you've got the website, weareunitas.com. Tell us about the initiative there and what you're doing with the brand currently. Yeah, so for me, it goes back to 2020. I was a Nike signed athlete um, and I didn't end up resigning with them after I got injured. And uh, at that point, I started to play around with the idea of what would it look like to start a my own values-based sports and apparel company and wear my own speak sneakers and do it that way. And uh, really the heartbeat of it is just as our country, society, you know, faith, Family and freedom are super important to me, and I felt like we've moved farther and farther away from those values and principles, and I wanted to take an opportunity to celebrate them through Unitas. And so to give consumers and people who want to buy dope merch, dope sportswear, leisure wear, an opportunity to buy with their values um, and celebrate those values that I hold dear in my personal life. Jonathan, what do you think is the most unfair thing that's been said about you, either in the wake of standing for the national anthem when all of your Magic teammates uh, kneeled, mm -hmm. Or if it's your stance on COVID vaccine, I know that you're a very smart guy. I mean, anybody I can listen that. to you for 30 seconds and know how smart you are. So I know you read, and I know you read these <laughs> things about you, both negative and positive, right? So what's the negative thing that you've read that you would say, okay, this is the most unfair thing about me and the characterization of who I am? 
So I, I won't say something specific, but I would say whenever I see something that is just a mischaracterization of what I know that I've said. Um, and so when people just kind of take things and run with them, I think I'd say probably the, if I do get specific, it would be the Rolling Stone article back during the COVID times. So I got on the phone with a Rolling Stones reporter and we talked about the whole COVID situation and me not taking the vaccine. And then that article drops and it's a complete mischaracterization of my position on everything. And I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to right the wrongs um, in that video that went viral of me at the press conference. But I'd say that, um, and just when, when, when I'm taking completely out of context and, and not for what I've said. Do you get, uh, it won't be an apology, but do you guys, do you have people that come up like, man, I, I wish I would have listened more to you then, then scoffed at whatever you were saying? I've had, I've had that a few times, um, even from guys around the league or different players um, that have said, yo, if, if that was to happen again, you know, more, more so the, the COVID situation, you know, they wouldn't be on board with it as easily um, as it was the first time. I don't know where you come down on your, your thoughts on the United States women's national team, mm. but how do you feel about those who are even asking, posing the question whether or not they, they would stand for the anthem because they would be supporting the United States women's national team in the World Cup? Say, say that one more time. What do you, what exactly do you mean? There, there are those that are actually, they, they're, not either, they're either considering not rooting for the United States in the women's oh, World really? Cup. And even asking, should we, in protest of what they stand for, stand for the anthem ourselves? I, I find that extremely hypocritical, uh, considering many of the people that I, I know were uh, on backing your efforts and standing for the anthem because it's the national anthem. Mm. Uh, even posing the question that you would take a knee or remain seated but because you're not supportive of the team in attendance. Yeah, for me, it's twofold. Like, you know, me standing in the bubble, it definitely primarily was because of everything that was going on at the time with, you know, the tragic death of George Floyd in that situation. I didn't feel comfortable aligning myself with the Black Lives Matter movement and organization. And I felt that I had my own solution, which was the gospel. And I wanted to share that as an antidote to all the problems that we see in our country, not just racism. And so that was the primary goal for me. And the second thing is that I don't think that pride in America and in America is a bad thing. I don't think that having a, a hopeful outlook on our country is something that is negative. I think it's something that we should all share and that I think bands us together as Americans. Um, and so for me, I've always been, I, I'd say it like this, my pastor says it all the time. He says, you haven't done everything right, but you haven't done everything wrong either. And I think about America like that. Obviously, we know about um, you know, the struggles of America's founding and slavery and all those things, and they're absolutely wrong and terrible. But America hasn't done everything wrong. And you know, I'm blessed to live in this country and play the game that I love. And I think that I, I was in an Uber on the way over here, and a guy uh, recognized me. And he said, oh, you're the one who stood for the anthem. <laughs> and he talked about he came over from Iraq. And he said, listen, you know, people talk about this and that, but when, if they were to go over there and see what I saw and had to go through, and he talked about he served in our military. And so just stuff, stuff like that, I think it's good to have a, a positive outlook on the country that we live in. NBA forward Jonathan Isaac in studio with us on Hot Mike. Now, Charles Barkley had a lot of things to say about people who, who decided to boycott Bud Light and, and made assumptions about why they were doing that because they're anti-gay, anti-trans, homophobic, whatever it may be. There's often times where, you know, and, and you and I share the same faith, where our faith does contradict the world, right? And, and what we believe is out there. There's also a difference in hating something and not wanting to celebrate it. Mm -hmm. I thought you laid it out well in your tweet in referencing Charles Barkley and what he said. 
Um, and that is that no one's saying that people don't deserve rights in this country, right? It, it's more about personal choice. What, what did that rant say to you? What would your response be to what Charles Barkley had to say and the whole boycott itself of Bud Light? Yeah, so, so for me, I always just preface it with I'm not, I'm not for the controversy. Um, I understand that these topics are extremely polarizing, um, and it does suck that it is that way. I thought about it a few times, like, okay, should I even touch this at all, knowing, you know, what happens, you know, when you put your mouth on this kind of topic. Um, but I, I was frustrated to a degree and felt the need to say something. I wasn't necessarily frustrated at Charles. I was frustrated at the narrative that he was attacking. And for me, that narrative is the same narrative that if, you know, that's the same kind of on a lot of hot button issues is that if you have any concern, any pushback, any um, hesitation to jump on board and support these different ideas, it's rooted in hatred. And that is the narrative that I don't like. And I think that that's the narrative that's easy to attack. And so that's what Charles did. And so for me, I think that there is reasonable concern for a lot of Americans when it comes to that specific topic, um, concern for their own children and what they're learning in schools and what's being taught, all those different things, and concern for the kids that are going through such an identity crisis at the same point in time. And I think just the notion that only one side is coming from a side of compassion, I think that's wrong. Um, I think that a lot of parents are concerned about truth, concerned about what's being put out there and have the right and freedom to do so. Um, and so again, it's a hot button topic. Not everybody likes to touch it or talk about it and um, you know, to each his own, but I did feel the need to offer the narrative that I think most Americans are feeling at this point in time. I don't think that there are some that are rooted in hatred and I would disagree with them. And, and uh, shoot, I think Charles is right to say what he has to say, but uh, the majority of Americans I think do have a heartbeat that is coming from a compassionate, a concerned place. Everything uh, has to be an argument instead of a discussion. Right, you know, th That's the vibe I get. And I think it's media driven more than anything. Because yeah. it, 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 it's very divisive on what channel you watch, who you listen to, who you don't listen to. And it's more about who's wrong than who's right. And that turns into the argument instead of the discussion. And, and I see, I want you, Jonathan, on every media outlet. Yeah. You know, not, not just OutKick. Like, I, I say that wholeheartedly. We, we need more people rooted in being reasonable and intelligent and not just trying to provoke or start a fight on every media outlet right now. So I think I'm glad you did the interview with Rolling Stone. I hate that they misrepresented right. what you were saying, right? But isn't that an example of kind of where we are right now in America? A thousand percent. That was kind of my first wake-up call to there being a, you know, I don't necessarily know the right thing to call it, but a, a machine, you know, a, 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 you know, call it what you want, propaganda, or people talk about the media twisting words or things like that. I was oblivious to it until it happened to me. And so I was able to look at it word for word and say, you know, I didn't say that or that was a complete mischaracterization. And um, again, that's a, lot, that's a lot of what goes into why I want to start Unitas and why I want people to have the freedom of choice um, to support what they want to support. For me, it's about agreeing to disagree to a degree, whereas people can believe what they want to believe. But if you support these values that I hold dear, and I think a lot of other Americans hold dear too, you can go to a place that supports those values. What would your teammates at Florida State or would the Magic say about you? I ask that because I think the perception out there from a lot of people would be this guy disagrees with the NBA stance, so he's probably not well-liked in his own locker room by NBA players. How uh, would you answer that question about what your guys think of you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I have 
I have my teammates and a lot of guys around the league's respect. Um, again, kind of a agree to disagree standpoint, whereas a lot of guys disagree with me on a lot of different issues. You know, my decision to stand at the end of the day, but I respect them and they respect me for it and love my teammates. I go to war with them each night when we play and uh, we go from there. I think another thing is that they know that I care about them. I know my teammates know that I'll go the extra mile and if anybody's injured, if anybody needs a shoulder to talk to, I'm, I'm, Jonathan is there. And so they know that. Jonathan Isaac in studio with us. The website is We Are United. It's the new uh, brand that launches next month, right? Yeah, August 1st. You can go to We Are United on Instagram and Twitter just to keep everything tuned in so you don't miss anything. But you can also head to weareunited.com to plug in your email and stay tuned. How long did it take to come up with the design for About, so the branding? The sneaker. So, this, so I'm going to be wearing a United Judah 1 this upcoming season. And so that's going to drop closer to the season. That took a year and a half. But the, the merch, not as long, but it did take a while. And it's just been a dope process. Like, what does it look like to, to be in the NBA, but also take on the role of being a CEO is really weird. Um, it's really strenuous, but it's been really fun. And I've had, you know, a, a joy rehabbing and getting back to playing basketball and doing this on the side. Considering you can wear sneakers made in China and Chinese-based companies, I guess it's not that hard to get it approved by the NBA to have your own sneaker brand. But is there a process to be able to create your own brand and wear those sneakers through the NBA? Do they have to approve of what you're wearing? No. No, I don't, I don't think there's a process. Um, or Good. Really, I know that there's not a process. I think there are a few restrictions already out there that the NBA won't allow you to do when it comes to material or a you know, way that you make a shoe. But for the most part, you know, you can wear what you want to wear. What is Victor Wimbanyama in for? Uh, no, I think he's, I, th I think he's going to have a great career. I think it's definitely going to take some time. You know, looking at summer league, he's going to have to find his footing a bit. Um, and you know, I've, I've heard some comments that people have had to say about him not being able to take contact and what that's going to look like. We'll see. Um, but you know, obviously a super skilled kid and we'll just figure out when we find out. Man, I just don't know at all of the hype and the, you've got it's tough. everyone it's tough saying that he's the next to. guy. And then all of the defensive minded players are like, try driving on me. You know, Draymond's <laughs> I'm, like, I, I probably got it. At the he's not coming at the rim there, on me. Of, 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 in my mind, but we'll, we'll see. I think he's going to be a you know, great player. I have a great career and I wish him the best. You played in what? 13 games because of injuries. Only 13 games since 2020 mm -hmm. or a, 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 something like a that. Date. It's, it's, it's something crazy. Are you finally to a point where you're confident you're this is the season where you're back? Yeah, I'm ready to rock. Um, I'm, I'm 100 percent. So I'll be ready to go this upcoming season. I feel great about it. Love that you, uh, you stopped by uh, while you're in Nashville and uh, love the brand, love the, the website and everything behind it. Looks, it looks cool. It does. We are United.com is where you can find Jonathan Isaac and uh, Unitas, the, the brand there. Plus, you can find him on the court coming up soon yes, uh, as well. I'm sure he got a bunch of free gear he's going to give to us also in that, that huge... <laughs> I, I do like the design. I would need to stuff. Yeah. But I, I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Great chat there with, with Jonathan Isaac. and The, the logo itself, uh, the, con, the concept was the Ark of the Covenant, yeah. he said. I immediately cool. thought of Raiders of the Lost Ark because I just yes. watched the Nina Jones movie when I, when I thought of that. No, really, really smart guy. Uh, fun just sitting down talking with him about a number of issues seems like the type that is going to have a well thought out opinion on almost every topic that you could ask him about not everyone wants to hear the well thought out opinion though Chad. no they don't no, no they conversation don't. argument mm -hmm. only please but i am glad you know it sucks to hear that uh, the rolling stone interview yeah. went so poorly <laughs> you could also understand okay this is what rolling stone is trying to spin back then when it comes to COVID vaccines and
of course vaccine yeah. mandates and here we're trying to get at someone who's trying to paint him out to be some christian idiot or whatever they want to you know try to spin it as i just wish that you know that it, you could be treated fairly you know if you're him i i want him to be treated fairly within the media based on the merits of what he has to say on issues good or bad and not just i think this of this guy because he has these opinions we are unitas Dot com is uh, where you can find the brand and the initiative behind it from Jonathan Isaac, uh, who is on his way back to Orlando, getting ready for the season. And he's and 100% healthy now, ready the to go. brand launch, absolutely. Coming up, time to get weird. Let's get weird. Davey Hudson brings the bizarre headlines from the week. Next on Hot Mike. Our thanks to John McClain and Jonathan Isaac for joining us so far on the show. Coming up in about 40 minutes, the gun show. Mike Gunzelman, Outkick.com, joins us in studio. Here at 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us for Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Chad, to say uh, Davey has been fiending for Let's Get Weird is an understatement. Would you agree? Davey's desire to satiate his weirdness is always uh, at 100 at all times. So it was about 120 today. But it, I think in part because of this news, this Creed cruise oh, really got him going. All week long, mm-hmm. he's been pumped about that. Yep. And after a, a great job over at SEC Media Days helping facilitate the, the chats that we had throughout the week, he is back with us in studio, and he is back with Let's Get Weird. Davey, what do you have for us? Yeah, so to get us started, guys, first off, thank you. Had a great week at SEC Media Days. A lot of fun talking with the players, coaches, other media members behind the scenes. But we're going to get weird, so I'm shifting off of that right now. Maybe you've heard of Cocaine Bear, but have you heard of Cocaine Shark? I have not heard of Cocaine Shark yet. And I have not seen Cocaine Bear. Have any of us seen that? Uh, uh, Davey did the necessary research to watch the film. Davey, what did you think of the film? I mean, I wanted to honor Ray Liotta with seeing his last film, but it was not wow. a good movie. That is, that is tough. I didn't even realize that. As far as last films go, they, they didn't make a sequel to Goodfellas that he was in. It was yeah. Cocaine Bear. Well, this was made out to be like a, a – like a, I felt like the promos for it, the talk about it was more like The Hangover 3 or something than what it actually was, which is something I'm not going to watch because I haven't heard anyone tell me I should watch it after they watched it, yeah, I th- including Davey Hudson. Yeah, I think it's on Peacock, but one of the main ties I had to it was just, you know, this in- initially was based off a true story, the the premise, not yes. the actual thing yes. that happened, and where they had dropped uh, several packages of cocaine into the Smoky Mountains. A bear ended up getting into it, and things got crazy from went there. Nuts. But they and, focused on the wrong aspect of the story. I well, guess. yeah, they just went and sensationalized the whole thing about, all right, the bear's not actually going to die from ingesting all this cocaine at once. Instead, it's going to then have a hankering for more cocaine and keep trying to track down people until it gets more cocaine. So, so that has led, maybe it hasn't led to people thinking about other animals because it was already happening with an investigation. But that's the first headline here as we go uh, in, into the ocean instead of on land yes yeah, so for cocaine shark it's actually a documentary it's not a movie but what it is and i mean it was a creative for them to use this name but there's this uh, marine biologist who's setting out to find out our wildlife actually ingesting uh cocaine whenever drug smugglers are dropping it in the ocean you know and then a motorboat's going to come by and pick it up <laughs> and, and we we're just kind of curious like 
what is this ha what impact is this having on our waterways and our oceans with these drugs being put in there? And a lot of people, it's just a fun fact for the day. I always like to say, if, if you hate this segment, at least take one thing away from it. People often use that phrase, sharks can smell blood from a mile away. That's not true. They smell just like any other fish. Maybe they could smell blood and up to the size of a small swimming pool. So just know that, that smelling blood from a mile away is not true. So that's the fun you can have, or the, the good thing you can take away, knowing you learned something from here. But it, it is interesting. And Davey's here to debunk yes. commonly held but myths on blood the, in the ocean. It's just weird because I, I look at this, and obviously with the drug smuggling, one of the last documentaries I actually worked on before moving to Outkick was about the Sinaloa drug cartel and more of the big business practices and how these cartels were moving such huge loads of drugs across the border <laughs> that's why he's going in, to the creek cruise in so many different ways uh no but i man now that you say it i can only imagine the narcotics that are going to be aboard that ship uh man uh the mule cruise fun. yeah but so i so uh you you're interested in like the 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 drug cartel stuff right yeah i find the, it fascinating the the aspect of you dropping, watch narcos right yes dropping Good. something into the ocean in order for it to be picked up and the planning and the precise aspect that that goes in like everything's at risk once you put it in the water right yeah out in the middle of the ocean and you're, you're it's so not, it's not our lane it's not humans lane to be out in the ocean it's, but it's their it's their world i see i'm not sitting ours. here thinking the fact that they have to do that says that whatever is going on trying to do that on land is not feasible it's very difficult so they apparently. have to do it in the middle of the ocean yeah, I was uh, going home yesterday on the interstate, and I noticed it was like the, the undercover cop SUV was there, and there were undercover cops. that Clearly like just me nar narc cops, right? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. They were dressed like young, hip guys. They had guns in the back of their, their belt. They were out in the, the side of the interstate searching through the grass on the side of the interstate with the light on and their Cadillac Escalade looking for something. And I was, my mind was wondering, like, did someone ditch drugs there? They thought, like, they were about to get pulled over and threw it to the side of the road, and they saw something come out of the window. Like, why would they be searching? Very busy area of Nashville. It's like the crossing of five interstates, and they were out there with different devices, just two of them, looking for something in the grass. Maybe it's the, the latest uh, warrant execution looking for Tupac's. Next killer. week, Davey will have an answer for us. He's going to find out what they were looking for. What else do you have, Davey? I'll find that out. Yeah, so uh, I also had a video. Chad, you had kids. You have kids. Uh, there's this <laughs> bath bomb. Sorry. I, uh, there's no breaking news there. My kids are still around. You had yes. kids. Yeah, I still have I, them. I yeah. just misspoke. Yeah. Uh, but there's a bath bomb that I saw. It's like if you're a fan of Jaws, I just thought this was interesting. I wanted to show. We can just talk over it. Yeah. But it's just like a toy for kids. And so, you know, with going with the cocaine shark thing, I was like, you know like, what? This would just be neat to show. They oh, unwrapped this is what it. we saw earlier, though. Yeah. This already aired? Yeah. This is what we, we saw already earlier. Saw this, the, yeah. So the, you're saying we're just, I, I was as confused as you, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> the story sorry, you're I, it looks I'm, like a bath bomb. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I, I was looking at the camera. Wasn't able to see over there. No, you're fine. But yeah. Uh, Okay, well, fine. Let's uh, move along. This we'll, is good to see. No, again. this is fine. Oh. So, what is the toy supposed to do? I'm still confused it by just, the toy. It turns it, into a shark, though. Yeah, it's and the the water turns to be like blood. Okay. And but apparently, it puts off a nice smell. But a lot of people <laughs> always talk about that. Uh, yeah, I was kind of smell of iron. Yeah, I was kind of going back to to just saying about the you know smelling a drop of blood in the water. But apparently, that's uh, a popular toy in Japan. So. 
actual toy or is this a uh, joke? I guess not more more of a toy, but a bath bomb. You know that kids play with. There's yeah, like a couple yeah. of different ones they have, but Chet, the the jaws theme. Apparently, kids popular. in Japan are very different. From your kids your kids in don't uh, when, when they take a bath, they have it like drop something in like the. Oh yeah, they have bath it, bombs, it, but but then it like grows into something larger or whatever. It was well, like it's a sponge a or whatever. You know, it's it's not it doesn't like form. No, shapes. no, 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 not the bath bomb, but like a toy. Like it, it's it's oh, something yeah, yeah, that yeah. Then it gets with, bigger and water yeah. expands. Is that what this is? But it's it's yes. Well, it's, a bath it, bomb it, is like it's it's like a, it's a collection of um, it's it's almost like a powdery substance. Like you drop it in, but it's all it's congealed into a way that is this, a, it's a shape. But then you drop it, this and looks it expand, like it goes into color. This is like a level up from something you would get at a county fair, where it's it's. It looks like a, a boat. You drop it into water. It turns into a shark, and it releases something that Davy claims smells great. I'm clearly not a chemist with the way I just described that. Do you think so Davy takes baths? My gig. Do you think Davy takes baths? Uh, Davy seems like a bath guy, like a lukewarm I, I bath thought about water asking guy. This. I don't think he does because he conserves water to to save money for the creek cruise. That's that's true. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Bath just. But normally, bath or shower, Davy. Oh, uh, shower. I'm also a shower at night guy. Because I don't like I used coming home from the gym ago. and just being Davey, I got to tell you, I don't sweaty. like guys who get dirty while they sleep and sweat in their sleep. I didn't like going to sleep dirty. In the morning. Well, the thermostat stays on 68 degrees, so it's hard to build up a sweat. I still feel like, you know, eight hours of just being dormant. Like It's eight hours of living, no matter what. I like to take a shower to start the day, I not to end the uh, day. I don't wanna, I'd like to take both if I could. I want to be as clean as possible but going I'm to a, bed because I'm, I'm not changing my sheets every I'm day. I'm a shower before work type guy. How often do you wash your sheets then? He doesn't. I don't wash anything in my house. Mm. One of the au pairs takes care of that. Yeah. Okay. We have when hired he, help. When they're done with Clay's house. But it's washed frequently. What else? All right. Guys, this next story, just going complete 180, has nothing to do with sharks or anything of that nature. So we got an NBA uh, or a man who has been banned from all NBA r- related events. Uh, he's a little bit of a prankster, you know, goes on YouTube. But his most recent addition, uh, he goes by the name of Jadeon, I believe is how you pronounce this. But. He decided, he went to this WNBA game, had courtside tickets. He first started to complain to the refs that the temperature in the arena was too cool and he was hoping they could turn it up so he would feel better. That was the first antic. The next antic, a ball actually came to him and he decided to just shoot it on the, on the court. Obviously an air ball. So that doesn't go over well for him. And then he decides, you know what? I'm just going to take a nap right here. I believe we have a picture of that. And yes. well, here's, here's the shot. You can see his form is impeccable. Um, and it comes up pretty short. Yeah. Not, not a great so, attempt. He already had. He's also got a backpack on. It's hard to shoot the ball and not shoot it short when you've got a backpack on. It's also hard to shoot if you're like wearing a button-up shirt. You know, they're tighter. You're not able to like really have much movement up top. I've always noticed that's a problem, especially if your shirt's tucked in, too. So, this is, he's begging to get kicked out, right? It got to For that For the point. publicity of this. Yes, but but that's the thing. He didn't know that it would lead. This is a WNBA event, but the ban has been applied to all NBA events. I mean, is this really going to affect him? Is he a big NBA fan? Does he attend a lot of games well, in the NBA? Well, he went viral not too long ago because he decided to get his uh, hair buzzed at, a, I can't remember which NBA game it was, but he's, you can see him just sitting there. He's got a barber behind him. And the broadcast even cut to it. So he's kind of a, like a Sasha Baron Cohen of basketball, is what you're saying. He just it, it changes into characters and does crazy things. Yeah. 
in front of people to try to get attention? Oh, you guys might have been there because it was a Minnesota game. I, I realized it was Dallas versus Minnesota whenever he was uh, getting his hair shaved. Oh, we, courtside. He was probably invited to that game. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember seeing that at that game. Uh, look, I, I he wasn't asleep in the the thing that we saw. It, it's mildly amusing. I, I just typically find it to be annoying when people are just setting out to like cause a viral sensation and just being annoying in public. Yes. I, I would not – you're not going to find me at a WNBA game, but if I were at a WNBA game, I would not find it all that funny if he was doing it. Hutton, you? I think they banned him from all NBA events because he, he's got a track record on his account or whatever he's doing of doing things at other games, and this was a reason to do yeah. that. No, I think it's smart. It's just kind of weird that you look at how he did this, and it's funny. I'm not going to lie. It, it – Here's how I'll put this. No one's talking about this WNBA game if he doesn't do these antics. You think he's helping I don't even know what court it was on, though. But, but yeah, Yeah, he's definitely not helping. That's an interesting thing. Yeah, this is really – the WMA should be looking at this like, guys, at least we had attention on this this Lynx game. What I I like is that there was a Really helping sell the brand to go get courtside seats. It was was Lynx and Wings, A YouTuber who got into an NBA finals game or NBA playoff game. It was one of the conference championships or something, uh, conference finals, and then tried to figure out how to stay overnight in the arena and sleep at the arena. And did so. Hmm. Yeah, I think there's, there's also a lot of fine print when you buy a ticket. There's also just this public trust of when you get around that many people yeah. that most everyone is going to try to behave themselves. For the most part. And not, like, you know, do something crazy that's going to draw all the attention on you and away from whatever's going on. And he violated that trust. So the NBA said GTFO. Uh, Davey, I see the headline with a minute and a half here. Uh, a man went blind. Tell us why. Well, it was partially blind and uh, temp- well, not partially. It was temporarily blind. He was trying to break a Guinness World Record for the most consecutive amount of time crying. And to pretty much do this with his face, Daniel Day-Lewis. everything got <laughs> so puffy that it ended up swelling up on him to where his eyes were partially shut and he kind of went temporarily blind. Uh, this was in Nigeria. It's just interesting. It kind of begs the question of <laughs> what world record do you think you could do? Because that's apparently a big thing right now is just trying to break world records in certain countries in um, Africa. So, How do they know this world record to begin with? He went over two hours crying? Yeah. Well, Guinness. Wait, does, it is, count, does he have to have tears or can it be like a dry cry? Well, the. At some point, you just don't have tears anymore. Yeah. So I, I don't. Right. It's one of those things, you know, it's, it's hard. Yeah, you dehydrate. You just like pour hot sauce in your eyes or like, again, like I, I'm trying to figure out how or you like do Hudson, said, like a Daniel Day-Lewis Daniel type, Day-Lewis a method actor that's just really good at crying on demand. Imagine being the guy who has to be there to verify this world record. <laughs> that's, that is the saddest role I'm in the world. I'm talking about depression. I'm going to watch a guy cry over and over again and just film it. I'll be the one to document it. Davey, great stuff. The good work. World record for us, uh. Mine would be cricket shirts. Chad, yours would be what? Crying. <laughs> yeah. Weeping. Just like that guy. He's actually trying to beat my record. That's right. And uh, weeping the most record, times consecutively. Uh, for Davey would be fastest to buy tickets to the Creed Cruise, which will be on sale Creed soon. plays on Spotify. That's Davey's record. ESPN asking the NFL to buy in. That's next.